a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, this week the U.S. is still recovering what's left of the Chinese spy balloon. U.S. intelligence believes the balloon is part of a broader surveillance program run by the Chinese military, not just in the U.S., but all around the world. Clearly, privacy and security are some of our biggest issues when dealing with China, uh, and they were hardly mentioned in last night's State of the Union address. Uh, China got a whopping one minute and seven seconds, I believe, total. Uh, So where do we go from here? Uh, Congress recently held some hearings focusing on how America can compete with China to win the future. Brandon Pugh from the R Street Institute testified at the hearing, focusing on how we need to address privacy and security. Privacy and security if we really want to compete with China economically and technologically. And Brandon joins us on the line now. Brandon, thanks for jumping on with us today. Boy, it's great to be here, and thanks for having me as always, especially for uh, you know such a timely and important topic, that data security and data privacy. Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about the hearing, uh, why you were called in, and what you shared on that committee hearing. Sure, yeah, so even tying it to, you mentioned the spy balloon earlier, that kind of you know brings up a point. China has a history of just collecting vast amounts of data and exploiting it, whether it's against their own citizens, mm-hmm. Americans, or those around the world. Um, and the Energy and Commerce Committee and the new subcommittee they formed, they recognize it as a key part of our competition with China uh, and wanted to explore both the threat and then potential next steps to address that threat. So it's really happy to be part of that conversation. Yeah. And so let's dive into to what it all entailed. So let's uh, let's talk about those components uh, in terms of that that security uh, component and, and where we are and what, what does that actually look like? So I see uh, really – three concerns with China. First is the collection front. We know that China has just an intense desire to collect the most information they can, especially in Americans and on vulnerable populations, like members of the intelligence community, on our members in our military. And their power to, to harness that data is, is concerning. I mean, they can develop profiles in Americans. And there's really, quite frankly, just as many unanswered questions about how they're using that data. Um, and then to the second point is just how some of the potential consequences that can result. Uh, just to give you one example from the, the war in Ukraine, uh, Russia has been amassing information on Ukrainians to target them for physical violence, uh, that being their soldiers. Uh, that's not an isolated capability. That's something we could see coming out of China, unfortunately. Uh, and then we also see just broader security concerns from, from China, um, but they have a Tremendous desire to hack and steal information, and unfortunately, the U.S. gets the brunt of that. Um, and that's kind of the basis for this hearing. And then, you know, equally as important, is there anything we can do to combat that for the future? Yeah, I think that's uh, where everybody's kind of looking. It's like, Nick, now what do we do? We we know the 
the things we've heard around things like TikTok and just what they're collecting there in terms of data. Uh, I love that you emphasize this point that the Chinese Communist Party just has this deep, long history of data collection, first on its own citizens and then on people around the world, including Americans, American military, American intelligence and diplomats. Uh, and so give us a, a breakdown there, a little deeper dive into, you know, what does that really look like? And are there some things that can be done uh, through Congress, bipartisan, bicameral? There's got to be support for some of these things that might uh, help change the game a little bit when it comes to China. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, yeah. First, I'm glad you brought up TikTok because that obviously gets a lot of attention in the news media recently, but it really just highlights a much bigger concern, uh, which is the hardware and software coming into China and the potential risks that could have as well as other applications coming from China. Not to downplay some questions that are definitely with, that exist with TikTok, um, but it's just ultimately one application from one adversarial uh, country. The concerns around data collection and misuse are much broader. And, and something I tried to drive home the, the testimony was, we do need to act as a country on, on comprehensive data privacy and security legislation. Uh, and we had a bill last Congress that set out to do that. It did pass one of the House committees with overwhelming support, 53 to 2, to be exact. Uh, and there were specific parts of that that would directly help us compete uh, with China, but then also better protect our data. So I think that is the most logical next step. Either pick up where we left off with the American Data Privacy and Protection Act or uh, – not as helpful, but think of some new way uh, to, to regulate data collection and use. Yeah, I think that's so important. And uh, one of the things I've been dying to ask you is that there's always uh, – committee hearings are so fascinating these days because they're, they're much more – I don't know if we can call them hearings because very few people are actually listening. So when I'm watching a hearing, I'm usually watching for what are the questions? Do they really get to a question? So give me your assessment. How serious is this committee based on uh, not what they heard from you but what they asked? Yes. So I was actually very impressed by how really into the topic the the members were on both sides of the aisle, really. At every point, members were just very intrigued and and actually maintained eye contact the entire time. Uh, And and equally as important, virtually everybody called for the need to do something on this data collection and exploitation. And most of them specifically said we do need to act on a comprehensive privacy law, including the chairwoman, uh, Chair Rogers, as well as her counterpart, ranking uh, member Pallone. So this is a bipartisan issue. In terms of questions, people did want to get in the nuance of how would this bill that most people view as purely a consumer privacy bill helping Americans, Mm. how does it connect to national security? Uh, And I flagged a a few of those areas, um, which, you know, just to to highlight one, I'm happy to go into depth. um, At a basic level, this bill would require companies to let you know if your data is going to select countries like China, Mm. Iran, North Korea, because that's happening now. And the average American has no clue and really no easy way to find out. 
Yeah. Uh, that that is crazy, and I'm I'm glad to hear that. And uh, we've been talking all day today that we are both equal opportunity offenders and we are equal opportunity commenders on this show. And so uh, I love it when a hearing is actually a hearing, and the members are not just looking for a social media moment, but are fully engaged. And so I I love to hear that. That gives me uh, hope that we're on the right path. Uh, so now help us take that next step, Brandon. In terms of how do we get to some specifics? Uh, the president has done a few broad brush comments around it. Uh, What are the specifics we need to get to if we're going to actually move this thing forward in 2023? So the president last night in the State of the Union address, he did mention privacy. This is the second year he did it in uh, in a row. Last year was solely focused on children's privacy. Last night was largely the same message, but he did allude to the fact to need to act on bipartisan legislation. So on the White House side, I'd love to see them take a concrete step on what we can do, and what their thoughts are on some of these health proposals. Um, because we, we saw that proposal I mentioned earlier in, in the House, a 53 to 2 vote, that's pretty impressive by D.C. standards uh, around consensus around an issue that is, con- that I shouldn't say controversial, but has a lot of nuance to it. Yeah. Um, so I do think we need to continue to, to move that, that bill is introduced. Um, not to say it couldn't be continue to be fine-tuned in certain areas. I know there's a lot of groups that would like to see that. But like, as you know, Boyd, every bill is about compromise. And I think this this bill did strike a compromise uh, in terms of some of the more outstanding areas, whether we override existing state privacy laws. uh, That is an outstanding uh, question many have. But there was a balance struck here. And I think that's the key takeaway. Yeah, really important. And just real quickly, uh, you made the the point uh, in one of your pieces uh, talking about we, we often just turn and blame everything on big tech. Uh, but it really, when it comes to data privacy and security, uh, the company size is not the only factor. You're, you're completely spot on. Companies of all sizes can, can engage in bad data privacy and equally important data security practices. It, it's not just contained to big tech or just big companies in general. We see some of the worst violations coming out of data brokers, which in some cases are just one or two people, mm. but they're harnessing such sensitive data on Americans like geolocation data, our health data, and then they're selling to third parties. And largely speaking, there's not much that stops that. That's exactly why a national privacy law would not only help those practices, but help us fight against China. Uh, Great insight. Great depth as always. Brandon Pugh, policy director and resident senior fellow for the Cybersecurity and Emerging Threats team at the R Street Institute. Brandon, always appreciate your perspective on this. Thanks for joining us today. Of course, Boyd. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Uh, That's a uh, critical issue. It is not just uh, crucial for each of us individually. It is important for our national security as well. And if we are going to really compete with China, uh, getting to this kind of uh, intelligence and security uh, when it comes to data is everybody's business. And it's got to be bipartisan. And we have to move this thing forward. All right. We'll step aside for some bottom of the hour news. When we come back, We're going to go back to a conversation about strengthening border security and fixing the broken immigration system. Guess what? The solution is way more simple than either side is telling you. We'll talk about that coming up next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. 
I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.